I'll do the intro. I have administration. Because I need to introduce the whole episode and how we're going to do it backwards. Well, in that case, then, don't we have to do the intro at the end? <laughs> if we're going to do it all backwards, we could wait right till the end and do the intro, and then that'll be it. And then I'll explain why it's all backwards as well. Yes, let's do that. <laughs> no right wing gags about the fact this is episode 88. <laughs> Big bingo fans. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, not called that anymore, too- though, is it? It's called something else. It's not called. Uh, not too fat ladies, no? No, they've, had to, they've changed it because it's oh. um, not. So it offended the fatties. It's, 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 it's pretty much. Go to bingo, man. Jesus. Well, that's oh, why you can't like say it. Though. Name... It's their demographic. Um... Yeah, but it's like getting a name check from the fucking bingo caller, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, two fat ladies, and everyone goes, "Yeah, it's me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, more like forty fat ladies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do we want to do it backwards? Because it sounds pretty funny. And I'm happy to do all the segments backwards, saying goodbye to Mate before, and then introducing him <laughs> later. <laughs> Well, that that entirely depends who's editing this week, Dave, doesn't it? It's probably you. However you want it. Okay. I just heard someone breaking down after someone said cunts. <laughs> okay, so uh, I think mate is wet. All right, well, uh, thank you for joining us, and I hope you uh, enjoyed coming on today, mate. Um, and cheers all for listening. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, so uh, that was a lovely uh, Rekender recap. Obviously, you talked about all the uh, starter decks, um, and we really enjoyed hearing about that. We did? Yeah. <laughs> I did so much research for it. Um, I'm really glad you, you tasked me with making that report. It was a frankly staggering amount of information. I'm still reeling from it. Go on then, mate. Do you want to take just take us through the the concept for Stockton and just talk about the day? So Stockton is the the hangover day of the weekender. So <laughs> tend to go a little bit, take it a little bit more easy with the decks. And so last year or earlier in the year we did the Exodia decks, which was a lot of fun. And mm. we thought with the uh, the imminent release of the intro decks that would give that we'd see if there were eight idiots to give that a try and uh with a little bit of cajoling that's what we managed so uh i asked on a different podcast what deck i should play for stockton and uh the different podcast host was nice enough to do a uh, a live draw of the the houses so i got who did I get? I got Martel. No, I didn't get Martel. I really wanted Martel and I got <laughs> Baratheon and everyone else got one of the other houses. Uh, I think Alas got Greyjoy. Uh, Steve Christian got Tyrell. <laughs> ben Cotton got Martel. No, Rowan got Night's Watch. Uh, Josh got Stark. And Wama got Targaryen. Yes. Is that everyone? There's only six houses, really, right? Did it add up to eight? Cab got something as well, whichever one I haven't. Cab got Lannister. Cab got Lannister, yeah. Yeah, and so that was the basic rule. And then everyone could add a 61st card of their choice. Uh, I mean, it was supposed to be a bit of surprise tech for everyone, 
But I think because everyone else got drunk on Saturday night, everyone told everyone else what cards they were running. And <laughs> Whammer actually went and found my 61st card as we were building it at about two in the morning. Um, <laughs> which my 61st card in this Baratheon deck was uh, a callback to my last appearance on Dance Behind the Throne is Mag the Mighty. Oh, hey. It was uh, absolutely rubbish. Yeah, it, <laughs> it did. It did stop a Varys play turn one against me round one because I just put Magnemite out, and it, even though he'd reduced claim on for calm over military claim for calm over Westeros, he was like, "Well, I can't play Varys now," and I was like, <laughs> "My board's going to reset itself anyway with his force reaction." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One plot that the plots in those intro decks are really quite bad, but I found a new appreciation for pr- peace and prosperity. That's a very funny plot. What does that even do? What does that even do? It's two gold, three initiative, one claim, and it says reduce the first character you play by three, location you play by two, and attachment you play by one. It's yeah. worth six. So, like, against Caitlyn, I got maximum value out of it by putting a traitor to the crown on a green blood trader. Uh, <laughs> <hang on a minute. laughs> I mean, you say maximum value, but I'd, I'd question that. <laughs> well, I mean, if there are no power icons, then yeah, yeah. great. It's not going to count for Dom. Is it? Yeah, leave, leave, leave that green blood trader standing for Dom and it's, it doesn't matter. Idiots. <laughs> and it also meant that a different one of her characters got killed for military claim because she didn't want me to get the attachment back and put it on someone good. Uh, <laughs> I, I had to say uh, that I got battered in that game. Um, and I got battered in most of the games. Uh, I think Rowan and Whammer were the only two who made the cut with the intro decks. And Rowan's... Everyone said the Night's Watch deck was probably the worst, but Rowan managed to do very well. Because you've done extensive research, uh, Mage, yes. what kind of Night's Watch flavour was it? Was it pretty standard, kind of unopposed, old wall bullshit? Yeah, I uh, I believe it was just defend the old wall. And one of his few losses was against Sternley, who was playing a, like a proper old wall deck. Hmm. And he just got battered. But everyone else, like, I think it's just assumed that Breaking Ties has chased the old wall out of the meta. Mm. And so that it kind of just surprised its way through. Not to say that uh, Rowan, I'm sure Rowan played excellently all day uh, and got through on merit. But <laughs> well, wouldn't it wouldn't it be lovely if he was here to tell us? Yeah, it, it would. It, and so no one else got drafted in to talk about this. Yeah, so I slept, you know, three or four times since then. I can't remember what happened. Yeah. I don't remember driving home. Uh, <laughs> Generally a bit concerning, that, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> At least you made it, so that, that's a win, really. So, yeah. Jack, so you played you played Barrow Fealty, right? Yes. Now, obviously, back in the day, Barrow Fealty was, was the shit, right? Like, back kind of corset, first cycle, Barrow Fealty was the shit. So does that kind of mean that the starter deck obviously has other more kind of recent cards in it. Does that kind of mean that basically 
they've spoiled Battlefield by putting kind of more up to date cards in it? Or is it just that in comparison to other the other decks, it kind of pales into comparison because the other ones do better things? Well, the problem with Barrow Fealty in that intro deck is there's not that much to use Fealty on. Like, you can re- reduce Robert and Stannis and the uh, the limited location that doesn't stand if you don't win dominance. <laughs> and I think they're the only maybe big seven cost Mel who, I, like, the debate is still raging whether she should see competitive play or not. Uh, yes, she should. She's lovely. <laughs> Although, is, I, is there not even a cheeky copy of the Red Keep in there? Maybe there is a Red Keep in there. Mm. But there's not... I was getting that for free anyway with Peace... Well, for one anyway with Peace and Prosperity. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, yeah, there was just... Like, the events didn't need it mm. uh, because the events are like even-handed justice and Stannis' wrath. Uh, mm. So not even uh, the... Not even any icon control to use yeah. Stannis' wrath. So it's like, well, we're going to kneel a fucking fiery follower so it was just shit Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I managed to win one game thanks to the chamber of the painted table and then I won my last game because the lad was a newer player and (laughs) sometimes you can just look your way through those kind of things (laughs) yeah you mean put you know leverage your superior experience no Yeah, you know, just play the cards that appear on the table and that you top deck and go, oh, I've, I've won this somehow and I completely <laughs> don't deserve to. Uh, that That's just about my entire Thrones career. Uh, I've, I've won that game somehow. I didn't deserve that. <laughs> so you haven't told us what your 64... Oh, no, you totally have told us what your 64 card yeah. was. It was a shitty Magna Mighty. It was Magna Mighty, yeah. He, uh, he stopped... He stopped yeah. a Varus play, but I had a tiny board anyway, so the Varus wasn't that much of an issue. Uh, Lauren's 61st card was a cheeky Kraken's Grasp, Lovely. because Josh told her it was banter. It's the cheekiest of Greyjoy cards. Yeah. Like, if it was me, I'd have probably gone for Magna Mighty, but... Uh... I sense a theme. <laughs> <laughs> or, or one or one of the other cards that's going to go in my rookery, like Isle of Ravens or Green Dreams, that kind of, all those 61st cards that need need more play. Hang on a second. It sounds like you didn't get the memo that we don't really mention the R word on this <laughs> cast. I, sorry, I was I was mentioning it in a way to undermine it. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> nice cover, nice cover. If, if I ever... Attend a rookery event. Uh, my rookery will be just twelve neutrals that are, that are shit, and then I'll just like say which ones are, which ones are going in and let, let the opponent pick it. So it's like Exodia rookery. Yeah, I'll probably quit playing by the time rookery becomes a, a proper thing because I hate the idea of it. I think I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play a seventy card deck and remove ten cards at random. At the beginning of the game. <laughs> that there, There's potential in that because, yeah, so you get your, you get your, what's the rookery, 12 cards? Including yeah. two plots, yeah. Including two plots. You get your 10 cards, you put them out face down, and you randomly pick 
Or, or do you just... Sh- oh, yeah, okay, you randomly pick the cards to come out of your deck, is that right? I think so. I think you shuffle your entire deck and get your opponent to pick, like, 10 to 12 cards to just take out. Or you roll a d10 <laughs> to establish how many cards are getting swapped in, and then you Ooh. pick them at random. Yeah. And then they go in the deck, and you take uh, a random bunch... Uh, yeah, how would you take the random bunch out? Well, you just shuffle and then draw the top ones, don't you? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, there's, there's a way to make this kind of much more entertaining <laughs> yeah and that is to not do it at all mm. I can't wait for the rookery event so I can turn up get my great halls drop go home <laughs> never have to <laughs> think about it again <laughs> Warmer and I have already discussed uh, dropping uh, conceding all our games and playing first edition in the background nice. <laughs> what what's this rookery event is that a star level no, it's um, it's a series of events that FFG has announced where you get the sideboard. Oh, yeah, no, I've heard about these. They're official. Yeah, but but I mean, at the beginning it was just like, oh look, they're giving out these nice house cards and these great halls. But the house cards were given out of Euros and Gen Con anyway. So now I just want the great halls. I don't want them <laughs> out. I'm never going to use it. So turn up, get my prize support, drop. I hope Calvin isn't listening because now he's going to make them give them out at the end of Swiss. <laughs> fine. We'll work it out. <laughs> um, yeah, have you got any? Are you aware of any? How the other decks played, Mage? Do you know if any of them were more competent than others? I know obviously Whammer and Rowan did better. Yeah, I think everyone else was kind of just very middling, kind of. 2-3, three, 3-2 three, if you were lucky. Mm. It's the the decks were I found in, were decent for two or three turns while you had good plots and then when you had to flip into shit plots, the game went away. Mm. Like I played Tom Clark and was in it more or less for two rounds and then after that I was like I am losing now because I've run out of Neil plots. Mm. <laughs> Like as, and as soon as those Neil plots go away, it's like I don't really want to play Sailing the Summer Sea because oh, I need to make I need to make military and intrigue challenges so that I can get the power challenges unopposed. <laughs> yeah, it was a very some, just a bad bad deck, and I think Lauren felt the same about her Greyjoy deck. She was just like, "This is rubbish," uh, <laughs> and like she, she she was like, "I can't even blame you for this because you didn't even build this one." <laughs> I was like, yeah, finally, it's not my fault. Yeah, who who else was playing? So I didn't actually play any mirror matches from the fealties, which I quite enjoyed because it meant I was playing against. I, I feel like the the mirror match games could probably have gone quite tedious mm. because you both got useless cards and useless plots. But I'd highly recommend checking them out because they are a little bit more competent than you think when you first look at them like you look at them and go oh that's hideous and then you go maybe uh, uh, maybe you're all right and then you go no definitely hideous (laughs) so could you recommend them as a uh as an are they a decent intro product do they are they good at introducing someone to the game you reckon i think if i think if you went turned up to a tournament with one of those decks and you didn't know anything about the game you would come away from it going well, I get the idea of what Barrow are trying to do here, or I get the idea that, and you go, I think it'd feel quite a bit like uh, when you first got into first edition and there was a massive card for you, you go, well, I've got this intro deck, and if I bought 
another Corset, I could have three Rob and three Stannis and another like filthy accusations. Like, and you could start to then build out that deck into something a bit more competent by buying chapter packs cleverly. Yeah. If you didn't want to make, if you didn't want to dive in and spend like 200 quid on eBay on all the cards. So yeah, I think a decent intro product. Am I right in saying that most of them have got like wildfire assault in them? Uh, most of them have wildfire assault except the Night's Watch one, which has De Harris. I think Martel does as well. And the seven cost Jon Snow. The, um, <laughs> yeah, the two with De Harris also have the most seven cost characters, I think. Good job, FFG. Yeah, which is slightly weird, but I do remember Rowan saying that De Harris was actually really, really good in that Night's Watch deck. So uh, maybe it's just De Harris is a better fit for the current meta than Wildfire is. Well, that's fair. The when looking at the com- the composition of these decks, it seemed a bit strange that. Some some of them look like they were trying to construct it with just two cores and then other stuff. So you know you could buy them, buy a core, and then it, it gives you the third of of all yeah. those cards plus loads more plots and a few neutral cards to kind of uh, fiddle around with and obviously the tokens and rules and stuff. Oh, uh, it seemed like a really good idea. And then some of them didn't. Some of them just included three offs of random cards, so you still have dead cards, and that just really frustrated me because if you're gonna try and like pick one, make it. You know, so you've got play sets of lots of these important cards like Tracaris and stuff, or don't and give two copies of each so you can encourage someone to buy a core set to fill it out and it doesn't feel like a wasted purchase. And if you are going to, you know, do a mix, at least make the decks halfway competent, which they don't seem to have done from what I can tell. So it's quite frustrating. Yeah, were there actually many, you know, many three offs in many of these decks anyway? I'm sure I remember kind of having a browse over the, the, like, the deck listings and. Um, initially being surprised that they did a lot of like, two offs important cards, but are there are there like three Jukratuses in a Targ deck? Are there three Green Blood Traders in a Martel deck? Or my deck was mostly two offs. Lauren has just walked in. Were there any three offs in your Greyjoy deck? Or on no. S- no. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a review of the Greyjoy deck. Uh, if yeah, you want to get into Thrones, I'm thinking of a house. Be sure to consider Greyjoy. Um, they're not always shit, just half the time. You know what came out today? Vince. Yeah, Vince, Vince came, came out. Ooh, hang on, Vince came, came out came today. Out. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, Susie won't be happy. No. <laughs> uh, the French, yeah. Oh, um, I, you know, I, figured, I figured initially that maybe one of the reasons that they had only gone to two of, of some of the more important cards in the deck is so they had room for more variety in the deck. So that it wasn't simply a case of building a good quality kind of deck. It was about trying to make sure there was maybe a little bit of each kind of play style in each of the decks. If you if you don't put any three-offs in your characters and you can obviously whack a load more in there, it works as a bit more of an intro so that someone can play the deck for the for a couple of times and kind of go, so if you're playing batter, you'll kind of go, I like the stuff that does dominance stuff in here let's go down i'd rather have three mails in this i'd rather have three painted tables etc and then you can get rid of all the chaff that you're not worried about so i kind of maybe understand that but obviously that means that they're not you know they're not phenomenal kind of performing decks but that sounds like they at least they, they at least do their job to work as introducing yourself to all the different styles that that house might have to offer although maybe that's me just being too sensible <laughs> Fair enough. do you think you'll be Carrying on and playing more Baratheon in the future, mate. I wasn't, and then I saw uh, Blackwater Bay. Oh, <laughs> I, I hear you, brother. I hear you. 
uh, and me and Wedge were just chatting about it last night, and it was like, well, that with Corstanis seems really, really good. What a fucking <laughs> card it is. Yeah, and I, I was also thinking, Peace and Prosperity is going to go in that deck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Wedge looked at me like, don't be an idiot. And I was like, well, it's definitely going in there. Definitely going in there. No, absolutely. That's the way to respond to that. Yeah. <laughs> but I've realised that attempting to play control always ends badly for me. Mm. So I'm like, I'm just going to play crossing with two heads on spikes forever now. Peels, your thoughts? <laughs> That's all I'd I mean. definitely go with heads on spikes just because forever you want to keep them. They are fucking amazing. That's the second card you play every time. Heads on spikes. Yeah. You know my theory on heads on spikes. You need to accept it. It is fun. <laughs> it is a nice thing. And when it does hit, oh, it's fun. Peel's theory on heads on spikes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Two if possible, please. I mean, you think a- about the great theories like Darwin's theory of evolution, the uh, string theory. Lots of good theories. Theory of a dead man, another good theory. And then Neil's <laughs> theory on heads on spikes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I like to keep it simple. Got a Nobel Prize for it. The Nobel yeah. Prize for thrones. <laughs> the Nobel Prize for pissing off Sparrowhawk. <laughs> and Joe Miranda. Yeah, that's true. Plot two, heads on spikes. Win. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well then, I guess now, Mage, uh, if you could talk us through the Stockton Regional, I'd really appreciate it. It's always a good fun Sunday. Uh, and thanks for your lovely recap of Saturday. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to talk through Saturday? I've got a Polaroid picture here with Dave's face on and underneath that says, Don't believe his lies. Yeah, Saturday. That was good. What happened on Saturday? A lot of drinking was was the main, like, as soon as you finished uh, a round after, like, round two, it was, right, let's get to the pub, and because Fanboy is not a nice shop to be in. And all my games lasted about 20 minutes, so it was like, let's go to the Crown and Pedo. <laughs> oh, yes, the Crown and Pedo. Lovely scampi. <laughs> Yeah, uh, have a cheeky pint. It was uh, it was a really good day. Did all right at the, that tournament as well. I managed to sneak into the top four well done. with with Lanny Crossing, which was a Lanny Crossing with Bron in it, which was Whoa. fairly amusing because I gave I gave away my other reducer to Kev to use in his deck. So I was like, I need another one class character, and I was like, Well, Bron goes in. You <laughs> did. Good job. What was your uh, thought process behind playing uh, Lanny Crossing? That it was easy and fast. And, yeah, and I was... Uh, well, me and uh, me and Lauren did a 42-game... Oh, we started a 42-game series of seven decks from seven different houses, playing each of us playing each one against the other person. And I went undefeated with the Lanny Crossing deck, and I was like, I'm probably going to play this on the first day of the weekend, but... Yeah, really enjoyed it. Cersei, double heads on spikes. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I ask how how modern is your Lanny Crossing deck? In in the you know Lanny Crossing is kind of staple shit hot deck, but most of the good cards in Lanny Crossing are kind of you know relatively established cards. Is there any like new tech in it or? Uh, there was two under the bridge of dreams. Oh, solid. Yeah, one penny. Mm. and one Robert Strong, who I never got to use, and is probably getting cut. Mm. I can see why. Yeah, Nice. 
yeah, it's very difficult to trigger Robert Strong when all your plots have four gold written on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed your double heads on spikes match. Over the course of our two games, I think you heads on spiked me five times. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right, yeah. And hit once, maybe twice. You missed all three in the first game for sure. Yeah, that sounds about that sounds about right. And I didn't hit a Varus. I treacheried a Varus. Yeah, that was very sad. <laughs> I think over the course of six games, I varused about eight times, which was exciting. I think I varused every single game, for sure. Um, and against Mage, I, I triggered two of his heads on sparks as well, <laughs> which, was, which was good. There was an all or nothing play at the end where I knew I knew it was all gone, because Mage only needed, like uh, I think he was on 14, he had Cersei in play. I was like, he's going to flip heads on spikes. But I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory and riddle it. <laughs> it hit, so you, you finished with slightly more power on your house than you would have done if you'd done a proper plot. Yeah, I finished with two. <laughs> <laughs> Were you running a couple of cheeky Turin's chains then? Yes. I was. I was running riddle of obs. Obs. Yeah. obs. Then I got battered in the top four by Matt Cannon. And at, by the end of the game, I had seven cards in hand. And five of them were dupes of dead characters. Uh, it was horrible. I, I was just like, exchange of information is not that good in the late game. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I will flip uh, Under the Bridge of Dreams for a random plot. And it's like, oh, exchange of information. Matt was just like, you can have the Jamie dupe. I'm like, fantastic. Yeah. I, I was like, yeah, Jamie died as the first action of the game. Yes. <laughs> you were just like, pop, well, second actually. Pop the King's Road, play Jamie Harrenhal. Okay, right. <laughs> the, see, the worst thing about that is, as Wammer pointed out later, that I had a treachery in hand and could have used it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, in my head, I was just like, well, Jamie's probably the least useful of the the main named characters. So oh. I'll just kill him and then it'll be fine for later. I'll play someone else. Uh, and then Wammer just said at the end, he was like, why didn't you treachery the Harrenhal? And I was like, because I decided Jamie was dead, um, and I didn't realise it was in my hand. Uh, so it's very high-level play. Yes. Not in any way influenced by being hungover and or drunk. Mm-hmm. Of course, the fact that you uh, included Treachery in your deck in the first place was clearly a high-level play, wasn't it? Not everyone would do that. No, I, I, I know people were telling me on Friday night that I should take Treachery out for some pounds. And I, I was like... I would do that, but my cards are all the way upstairs, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure my legs work. <laughs> that is a common problem on the Friday night of a weekender. It is. Mm. Truly. Yeah, so then after our top four game, Matt Cannon just looked over and saw Wedging Josh playing and just was like, I'm going to concede. So the winner of Wedging Josh had already won the tournament before they'd won their top four game. Wow. Because Matt was just like, I've got a train to catch in two hours and I want to go to the pub. <laughs> Top priorities. Well done, Wedge. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. to Wedge. Yeah. And of course, yeah. as you'll hear later, uh, before I forget, congratulations to Costas, who uh, won the, who will win the Stockton Regional. <laughs> in the past, yeah. We didn't, in the future, I think we forgot to mention that, um, naughty. <laughs> yeah, we did. In the future, we have, we will have forgotten to mention the fact that. <laughs> All these tenses. 
Oh, it's like learning Latin again. The blue perfect tank. He he did win, but you're yet to hear that he won the Stockton Regional with the Greyjoy House of the Red Door deck. <laughs> um, but yeah, so congratulations. Congratulations to them. <laughs> Obviously, you've just heard that Josh did well. Josh proceeded to do what... Uh, will do well in the Stockton Regional, as you'll hear about soon. Um, I think yeah. he came tenth. He was the uh, he won the Golf Show Memorial Award mm. for Weekendalance, uh, joining such luminaries as myself and at least one other person. I think Costas won it last year, actually. Thank you, Matthew. Does the Golf Trophy only go to someone that hasn't won something already? No, it's the top in Swiss over two days, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although Costas made top eight both times, so. It's not. T- cut doesn't matter. It's it's just Swiss. It's just Swiss standing, and Josh King the Swiss on yeah. ah. King the Swiss on Saturday, and then tenth on Sunday, which gave him some ridiculous like forty points. Mm. Yeah, because first is way better than a lot of others. First is way better than a lot of others. And um, Costas came like three. Costas went three two, I think, on the uh, yeah. Sunday before making the cut. I don't know, you'll hear about that later. Um, Hang on, will you? <laughs> Not from me. Either. Well, I'm sure we won't forget to talk about Costas' victory. Why would, <laughs> why would we forget to talk about it? I mean, it's just to be to us, it's just as well we're talking about it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, you should, like, record this out of order and then just edit it to make it make sense. <laughs> that would be a lot of work. <laughs> that would be more work than what we're doing now. I mean, also, we mustn't forget to do that enormous cash giveaway <laughs> uh, later in the podcast as well, where eager listeners can win a tidy cash prize. <laughs> and remind us, find people to do that later on, right? Yeah, of course. We'll, we'll have some time. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the weekender, one of the best uh, the best weekends. So uh, that's why we've got Mate on, obviously, to talk about that. Um, the Weekender is one of my personal favourite Weekends of the Thrones year. I played Martel Wars on the Saturday because I wanted to play a Martel deck. Mm. And that happened to be the Martel deck that I could nick a list off someone for. Um, I did alright. I made the top eight. I lost to anti-banter Matt Cannon in the second round um, <laughs> after giving our lovely guest Mate a spanking in the first round. I say spanking in the loosest possible sense. As you'll <laughs> as you'll hear soon, um, he missed three heads on spikes and got to thirteen. So I was pretty lucky there. Well, <laughs> um, yeah, it was good fun. I varused a lot. Um, Varus is fun. I, I forgot <laughs> how much fun. I didn't forget at all. You did forget. You haven't used him in a while. Though. I haven't used him in at least like. Uh, well, when was Euros? Two months ago. I haven't I haven't played Varus in like two months. So uh, I've missed him. Yeah, so it was good. Uh, sadly, I was only there for the day, which is why it's so important that Mach has joined us today um, to talk about the Sunday where everybody played intro decks. So, yeah, let's talk about the Saturday of the Weekender. Well, I'm going to go to bed now because my phone had to die. But hang on, Mach, you haven't told us anything yet. Okay, so that was the Blackwater <laughs> recap. Now we've got oh. a lovely guest. We have Mach, who has kindly joined us at very, very late notice. He has very limited battery, and so we're going to whiz through the weekender. So thank you, Mach. Fuck you, Rowan. Say hello, Mach. Hello there. Hello, Mach. Hi, Mach. How are you doing today, Mach? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm so excited to be on and to chat about cards. I like... I feel like I've been chatting about cards already, but I'm I'm raring to go to chat about this weekend. Fantastic. 
once again, yeah, we really appreciate it. So if you just want to take away your weekend of recap, well, actually, well, I guess I'll talk about what I'll, I'll talk about my deck because it's kind of boring, and then you can talk about your deck afterwards and about how exciting it was and how lovely the weekend it was. Clever editing there. I liked oh, it. Cheers, mate. I saw that come out and I was like, ah, yeah. Do you need uh, to record saying bye to me now, or have we already done that? I think we've already said goodbye to you, haven't we? I, I can't remember. Goodbye at the beginning. It's already going to be an absolute fucking cast iron nightmare to put together. <laughs> I think that my segues have been okay and that uh, you should just be able to cut the laughing and it should flow in the wrong order, <laughs> which, which should be amazing to listen to. I'm really looking forward to proving you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, that was Blackwater, a cracking weekend as always. And once again, Tony, I'm really gutted that you didn't make it. I'm gutted I didn't make that. I didn't make the weekend, or frankly, I've been slacking, but life has... They say life finds a way. Life has found a way to fuck me over in the last couple of weeks. But it's get it's getting better, and I'm looking forward to seeing everyone at Nationals. Okay. Well, as an aside, then at the end of talking about um, talking about Blackwater, I guess we should talk about the melee tournament because there was a melee tournament. Nice. As as people dropped out of the joust, they joined the melee. I'm not sure how many we had exactly. It was between 12 and 16, I believe, at various points during the day as people came and went. Uh, thanks to Calvin for toing that. Congratulations to Matt Herdman for winning that. He will, of course, uh, join Joe on the art for next year. Sexy. So thanks to John Berenger Webb again for sort, for volunteering to do that. I didn't ask him. I, I kind of want to let him be with his uh, his his forthcoming child. Uh, didn't want to put any pressure on him, but he's been so good to us this year, volunteering to uh, do so much artwork for us. He helped us out last year, and once again, he's volunteered for next year. So top lad, that John Berenger Webb. Legend. Um, yeah, so that was the melee. Or no. So yeah, the melee. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, wait, this is getting confusing now. Are we summarising before we. I've, do I've it? summarised the melee. I'm now going to talk about the draft. Okay. <laughs> right, go ahead. The draft, Dave. So, whilst the cut was going on, obviously we had a much more important event uh, going on at the same time, which was the Highlander draft, first edition. We had 15 players split into two pods, just like last year. Uh, three rounds of Swiss. The winner of each pod plays the winner uh, plays plays each other for the championshipness. It was lovely, obviously. Whammer's pod. I say Whammer's. Whammer uh, made a set last year out of his collection and gave it to me to curate. For some reason, it has a lot of duplicates in it, like two copies of the Hatchlings Feast. Hang on a second. Isn't this a Highlander draft? It is, and I don't know how that happened. It's not like it got, you know, lost from the other set because the other set is complete. So I, at some point, I'm going to have to sit down with two Highlander draft sets and a pool of other cards Ooh. and fix it, which is not going to be a pleasant experience. So I will definitely be leaving Whammers here while I uh, only bring the uh, my copy to um, Nationals. Uh, but it was uh, Wedge beat Rowan in the final. Wedge was playing Bow Behind the Throne with Ariane which looked pretty sexy. He got one of the Valors as well. Uh, Rowan was playing a Targno Agenda with Griff, which was top banter. Uh, It was actually drafted by Gabby, uh, who then had to drop to watch Joe, obviously, who made the final. So it was pretty exciting. I drafted a uh, Targ Power Behind the Throne. My plot deck was phenomenal. Drogo did absolutely work. It was was just a great experience. If you haven't played it, 
before please do join us one day and play with us because first edition draft is banter we had i want to say four people who hadn't drafted it with us before possibly a few more it was at least four almost all of whom hadn't no actually you think yeah no five or six probably uh, most of whom hadn't played first edition before so seeing a lot of the cards for the first time as they were drafting them uh, they all had a great time uh Voiter in particular was um ecstatic by reading uh, all the cards he's a, a player from london and he just was a bit we had a, a draft this week at the cross keys and he was just a bit sad that the second edition cards weren't as exciting uh so we've converted a player into a first edition elitist yeah one of the best things about the hounder draft is making sure you draft with people that have never drafted first edition before or even played first edition before yeah um because i mean on the one hand competitively the pressure's on because they see all the cards and they have no fucking idea what any of them do <laughs> but on the other hand they get a right good laugh when they figure out what a lot of the cards do and when they get a chance to play them uh, it's uh, it's one of the funniest Thrones experiences I've ever had in my life was Nationals two years ago when I first played that Hound the Draft set and it wasn't just kind of going down memory lane, kind of going, oh yeah, remember this I remember this, because <laughs> memory lane wasn't that long ago, two years ago you know, we, you know, we were still playing the cards probably six months before that but I remember playing with Andrew Scott, uh, Andrew from up here who had never played or seen any first edition cards at all and he was just he, he, he just couldn't believe what Shadow's decks did and how you could entirely destroy a person's game with three copies of the Black Cells, and, or well, one copy of the Black Cells, and an Alchemist Guildhall, and all that stuff. It was I lost my voice. I laughed so hard that day. That in itself is testament enough. So I guess I'll start uh, Blackwater proper by talking about the Joust. That seems the logical place to start. Agreed. We had uh, we had 50 players, which isn't as good as some previous years, but still a pretty solid innings, I think. We had some lovely prize support as we discussed uh, last week, I believe. And uh, we were at Magic Madhouse in East London, which is a fantastic venue. They were really good, lovely chaps to us. Um, they sold beer, which was nice. Yeah. And uh, they let us stay there until 1am. Wow. They actually shut. Yeah, the bar was open wow. until like quarter to one. We could stay till one. They had um, plenty of games uh, for us to just play, or you could carry on playing Thrones. And uh, the barmaid who took over at 8-ish was into games, and so when she wasn't serving, she would come and play party games with us and recommend new games and that kind of thing, which was fantastic. So, um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely a great atmosphere there. And uh, Where in London is this? It's, uh, 15, it's probably about 20 minutes' walk from Stratford. Okay. So if we could move our Thrones meet up there, it would be pretty good for me from work. I can imagine, yeah, that's a nice little place to... Uh, and if it's a shop as well, then... Uh, sell beer and I'm guessing the beer is cheaper than I don't know a pub for example it's 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 well priced for London it's, um, it's yeah, that's yeah it's competitively priced definitely I think it's about 4.40 a pint oh it's actually they've got full on a full bar there I assume it's there's like fridge with pennies or something there's, a, there's two beers on tap right which are like a local lager and a local pale ale uh, and then they have one of those new fancy Guinness things. Oh, the Surge things. Uh, which I, I haven't touched because I don't like Guinness. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for Guinness drinks. Yeah, better that than... exists. I can imagine <laughs> it's better than a can. It's better than a regular can, yeah. Um, it's, it, it's, it's, to be fair, it's sometimes better than you get out of the tap because they can't screw it up. Uh, and I know that sounds stupid, but sometimes you get one that's just been poured out in a big long like, row and it's, it's not the same. But anyway, yeah. That's fair. 
Um, and then they've got a selection of like bottle beers and ciders and stuff, and the beers are on three for £10, which is pretty decent. Like yeah, Peronis right. and yeah, some yeah. other stuff. Don't mind paying that for a Peroni. Yeah, exactly. So it's pretty solid. I really like it there. They do game night kits every now and again, like on a Thursday night for the London Meta. We had 15 a couple of fifteen or 16 a couple of weeks ago right. on a Thursday night, a game night kit there, which was a cracking atmosphere. Yeah. Late, late finishing, but really good. That was where I played uh, Tony's... Uh, Green, uh, Tony's cohort nonsense. Uh, had a great time. Excuse me. It, it was. It was saved on my um, like browser toolbar mm. as Tony nonsense. Mm. Um, but I've deleted it now. I'm probably not going to play it again. Not going to lie. It's on ThronesDB as Martel Alliance bullshit. So. So I cleaned it up mm. for the public. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> the public that uses my Firefox. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> not many people. Yeah. So so Blackwater, 50 players. Uh, we decided to go with the James Wormsley system of excellence for the cut, so everyone 4-2 or better would uh, have the chance to make the top 16. Mm. Uh, as it turned out, every single person who was 4-2 or better uh, made the top 16. There were exactly 16 people on that record, um, which was perfect. So we just cut to top 16 straight away, did the top 16 then, and then we said to everyone as they won their games, like, if you want, we will carry on until people don't want to play anymore. Mm. so uh, we want to do the top 16 because that gives the maximum number of people to play side events the next day um, they can play joust and melee as you, you'll hear later what a thoughtful TO I know right and then we're just like right we'll get to top 8 it's not too late in the day we're all going to be around drinking and playing games if everyone in the top 8 wants to play their top 8 game we'll carry on yeah. um, but we got we got an objection or two so it's fine we'll do the top 8 in the morning I think as this tournament because we did 6 rounds of Swiss this was the kind of size when you can just about do that. Yeah. Last year when we did seven rounds and there were 80 players, it was too big to do much more than just the winning in. We wouldn't have been able to carry it on and the shop would have wanted to close. But here we had that flexibility and we had the right numbers. So it was nice to give people the option. So, yeah, it was a great day. There were relatively few dramas. Um, Martel de Portier from France, uh, King the Swiss with a House of the Red Door Marine, which is a cool little deck. Ooh. There was a lot of cohort. There was a fair amount of Stark. Mm. Obviously, everyone in the south of England is inspired by Whammer. Yeah. No shock there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a lovely little day. We ordered... Uh, th- th- we were wondering if there was going to be food in the pub downstairs. As it turned out, there wasn't, and then there was. But by that point, we had ordered a massive Domino's. Um, <laughs> yeah. Enough Domino's for about, yeah, 45 people. So, Jesus. it was pretty hefty <laughs> which uh was quite nice because you know we, we you know take orders at the end of round one and two order it for the end of round three or something it arrives everyone gets to sit down and have lunch and we don't have to worry about people disappearing to to restaurants or anything um oh, that's nice. partly because there is nothing around there uh, or there's little around there and uh it's just easy because there was all right everyone is here you now have 30 45 minutes to eat your pizza and relax and then we'll start the tournament again what a lovely TO. I know. I mean, I've I've clearly mellowed in my old age because the first Blackwater I TO'd, I didn't want anyone to have a lunch break. <laughs> yeah. And we got to the top eight, I think, and Ben Fox asked me, when are we cut- When are we stopping for lunch? And I was like, you can eat when you're out. And he was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, that's it. It's just, you- People were knocked out on, uh, on purpose that day. Uh, <laughs> people died, Dave. That's uh, why we had to revise it. 
only because yeah. of the death of those three new kids that no one remembers the names of. Or even remembers I, I did there. allow them lunch in the end, Peel. <laughs> yeah, when they got knocked out. That was like, I don't know, what, what did we play? Five rounds cut to top 16? No, it was much bigger than that. It was like it was seven rounds. Yeah, seven um, or eight rounds. And they, when I could... gave a lunch after round two or three. It was fine. You it wasn't a, a long br- lunch. It was probably about 25 minutes, but yeah. there was a lunch. You had, to, you had to run to the Tesco's, which was a good, like, mile. Well, not really, but you know what I mean. Apparently, there was a sandwich shop around the corner, and yeah, none of us knew this. Door. So we were all, like, heading back up the road to the Tesco and waddling along. Other high street stores are available. But not there. But, but no, not in this place. Fucking, there was nothing near it again. Just walking past. There was, like, a pub on the corner that didn't do food. It was going, like, ow! <laughs> Fucking nice pub, though. Sorry. Yeah, so, uh, without giving any spoilers for later, um, Joe Zimmer won the joust playing Stark Cohort, the popular agenda in that popular house. Yeah. Uh, he won every single mirror match he played, so clearly he had a good uh, a working knowledge of the deck. So, good fantastic enough. play there. Well done, Joe. Still hasn't made a cut at a regional in a while. Been his bane. Uh, and so you know somebody congratulated him over Blackwater and said like, oh you made the cut he's like yeah but it's not a fucking regional is it <laughs> still, can't, still can't do that it's just like yeah but you're doing well at other big tournaments it's fine so hang on he cares more about a bite of nationals than he cares about a bite of Starlick honestly yeah enjoy your bite of Starlick absolutely well deserved champions breakfast mate yeah cracking play <laughs> well done well done Joe couldn't help to nice man good on you I was going to move backwards into our next segment <laughs> that can be your opening quote if you want. <laughs> what, what's our first segment then? <laughs> what? <laughs> so of course the first topic of the day today is Blackwater. Oh, one of the most prestigious tournaments in the UK, of course. You know, it's not as prestigious as the Paramore Invitational, but after that, that's it. It's definitely more prestigious than that uh, little game night kit that Whammer won a couple of months ago. Uh, if I do say so myself, I was very sad that you two of you couldn't make it. Yeah, me too. It's it's a delightful thing to follow some of these tournaments on Jason Pavilion, but it's also sometimes a very sad, lonely thing to kind of follow your friends going through a six or seven round Swiss game and you're <laughs> miles and miles away. When you just know that you could bring such delight and fun to a tournament with a lovely Martel cohort deck. <laughs> Alas, not this year. <laughs> Next year. Next yeah. year, next year, I'll still be playing Martel Cohort. Don't you worry. <laughs> I'm still going to be playing Greyjoy. Yeah, I'll be playing the same deck pretty much that I have now. That's what I did with first. That's what I'm doing with second. I've got a deck that semi works for me. I'm going to tweak it over the period of four years and it's game down, and then I'll remember it forever. So like, I've got a pretty like, good idea what you play for your second plot, Peel. <laughs> no spoilers. Yeah, but don't ruin my deck, Tony. It's a secret. <laughs> secret deck. Fuck's sake. <laughs> you know, later I might slip up, but not now. I went into the old banter behind the throne WhatsApp chat the other day because mm-hmm. I wanted to check something. Uh, and there's loads of little posts from Peel wanting to try out different decks back in the day. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I'd always try them out and then go, <laughs> I'm going back to Greyjoy back to like, I'm going to build this. And then, you know, when it came to playing, he's like, ah, I'm just going to play Greyjoy Black Sails. <laughs> <laughs> it was my safe place. Yeah. But there's um, a, a couple of days before Nationals in 2015, I text Peel and I'm just like, Peel, I've got your deck down from, let's see what the actual, <laughs> the actual numbers were. No, don't reveal 120 cards to... Uh, I definitely would I definitely use the word lean, so it's quite easy to find. <laughs> I think... 
Here we go. Peel, I've cut your deck down to a lean 81 from a chubby 96. (laughs) (laughs) But I still think it's a bit big. Followed by Craven saying, that gives me a heart attack. (laughs) (laughs) I said, I wanted to get it down to 80, but I just couldn't cut the longship Great Ghost. (laughs) You never cut stuff, though. That's the problem. It looks at you and it goes, look, I'm better than what you've had. Ooh. But I'm not that much better. And then you have to kind of go, fuck, I need both of these for different reasons. The thing about Black Sails, though, isn't it? It always encourages to go, you know, half a Black Sails deck is cheeky one-offs. And that's <laughs> that's the beauty of it. Nah, there's no way yeah. to put another one in. It's not way to put another one in. I'll be able to cut this perfectly down the, down the middle and we'll have two 61-card decks. <laughs> <laughs> Every so often I'll go into the other 61 when I need some particular item. Never have a look through for ages and then go, oh, fuck, it's in the other deck. I should have put two in. And then the next time I play it, I'll put another one of those in so that doesn't happen again. That's how we got to such cards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's the, the Peel reacts, you know, quite shocked. Obviously, what did you cut? Not first ranger, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Not first ranger Peel. You can still turn people into Nightwatch characters and steal them with a grip. Um, as as you see uh, a couple of posts up where he had stolen my Cersei out of my Balerion behind the throne deck. Um, no, I, I cut all these. Uh, I cut much and more, and then in brackets I had to put sorry, but I think there was a second copy. Uh, but then one at the bottom of that list is uh, the Horn of Dragons uh, mm-hmm. and you're just like is Horn of Dragons still in there I was like nah I dropped it completely and of course the next episode Peel goes off on one about how important that would have been because <laughs> he played like three dragons decks in a row <laughs> sorry Peel <laughs> yeah that would have been clutch <laughs> <laughs> he still went 3-2 that was pretty good 3-2 4-2 x 2 However many rounds there were, two losses. So, actually, that brings a, a, a strangely kind of coincidental and timely bit of info up. Peel, are you aware that there's a kind of weird bastard version of the Horned Dragons coming out in the pack released today? I was uh, not aware of this. There's a fucking ridiculous Greyjoy attachment called the Dragon Binder, which just sounds like somewhere you put your tar cards, really, but it's yeah. called... The- it's called Dragon Binder, and it's essentially a bit like the old Horn of Dragons, but it has an alternative thing that it can do as well. It's a bit nasty. It's three-cost attachment. And it's uh, quite tasty. I can imagine. Yeah, I'll have to, uh, have to look for that. That's going to be a... Uh... Especially as the big dragons are about to kind of be released. Yeah, they are. They're coming out in the next uh, pack, aren't they? But yeah, sorry. Maybe that's what they're doing. Well, that's how they've always done it, though. They've always kind of taken one balance off and all that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, and everyone overreacts about something, and then in the pack that it's released, or the pack before, or the pack afterwards, there's a massive counter. Yeah. So right. everyone flip their shit over Valor, and then Craster and Ghosts of Harren Hall in the next <laughs> yeah. pack. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to uh, uh, to move to current affairs there, but uh, you. Oh, know. that's fine. Back to nostalgia. No, um, current affairs and mild two week. Three week ago, nostalgia is important because, of course, we need to talk about Blackwater and how wonderful that was. It was, of course, hosted in London. I had Josh and Wedge stay with me, which was an absolute pleasure. We had a lovely little uh, drinks and a curry on the Friday, as we often do. Uh, and then uh, and then the joust on the Saturday. Hello and welcome to Banter Behind the Throne. This episode is episode Two Fat Ladies and... Today, I, your host, Dave Bamford, is joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Tony Makos. Say hello, Tony. Uh, good evening, everyone. 
Lovely. How are you doing today, Tony? I am uh, all the things in the world, all the, all the bad things and all the good things combined. But aside from that, yeah, I'm fine. Fantastic. And I'm also joined by our other regular guest host, Mr. Thomas Peel. Say hello, Peel. Hello, Dave. And how are you doing today, Peel? I'm very well, thank you. I'm, I'm very well. Uh, I may be going to see Maiden at the weekend. Um, so that's an added sense of joy, if nothing else. That's exciting, because... I'm going to see Iron Maiden at the weekend. Are you, Dave? I am. Where you might be going to see them. I might be going to see them somewhere. Might be in London. <gasps> Not London, Bill. Not London Tan. London Village. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. Well, that that would be very nice if I got to see you at this at this lovely massive gig. This the first time. I went to see Iron Maiden, which coincidentally was with you, Peel. It was, yeah. Um, do you remember we ran into Waffle in the queue? Like, just after we got our tickets scanned, we were walking through to the arena and Waffle was just there. Yeah. I didn't know Waffle was like that, really, did I? Ah, uh, okay. It would have been, um, because you were at the thing, but no, I, uh, I know he was there. Uh, yeah, it was weird. Can imagine. I mean, well, that's just seeing Waffle, right? Yeah. An experience that should not be missed, and is missed. Um... I'm slightly terrified by the fact that there's a distinct possibility that the first time I saw Iron Maiden, neither of you cunts were born. <laughs> when were you? When did you first see Iron Maiden? Oh, here comes the big sigh. <sighs> 1991. Ah, uh, we were born. It yeah, we born. were alive. It's or was it? Maybe it was 1990. We were both born in 1990. Depends what month in ninety, but still. Uh, I'm not going. On, I'm not going on internet to find out. But it was the No Prayer for the Dying tour. So what if that might have been 1990? That's that's terrifying. What is happening to someone's keyboard? Is your cat getting involved, Bill? No, that was oh, people looking up stuff on the internet. Oh right, okay. That was you know this stuff on the internet. The very big report appeal, as we've discussed many times on previous casts. Yeah, it's like as soon as I mentioned looking up stuff on the internet, someone goes. <laughs> you know, that's just the noise of people looking things up on the internet. You know, it's like the old newsroom noise we used to hear typewriters and stuff. Well, I think someone's looking things up on the internet. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, aside from my main, we've got a couple of topics to talk about today. Uh, primarily, we're going to talk about Blackwater first and then The Weekender. But before we finish our little intro, I want to remind you all that Nationals is on the Bank Holiday weekend and to all come and see Tony T.O. or Judge. Judge? Bit of both. Bit of both. Okay. So, doing that. Don't do anything wrong in the melee, guys, because you will be judged harshly. (laughs) Um, Well, come to Nationals. And before we start talking about Blackwater, Tony, did you enjoy the end of last week's episode? (laughs) I, and everyone that has encountered the end of last week's episode, I mean, calling it the end of last week's episode is is discounting it slightly. It was a massive chunk. It was about a third of last week's episode. No, I very much enjoyed the opus Magnus that was Stannis and Musical, as I imagine everyone else to listen to it uh, also did. Everyone loves about Stannis. Everyone, most people, like the musical. What's <laughs> not to love? It was a fantastic piece of work, and congratulations to all involved. Thank you. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I've never heard so many onion-based songs and hope I never do again. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens, and he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave, he cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom, 
he plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Are we playing 3D chess against ourselves? <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what's happening. <laughs>